You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. Outdoor Edge introduces the all-new Razor Guide Pack. Coming in at 12 ounces and in a premium wax canvas roll pack for compact storage and travel, the Razor Guide Pack is seven blades in total, including a 5-inch replaceable blade folding knife, a 3-inch replaceable blade caping knife, and the flip and zip saw for wood or bone. Whether you're hunting the back 40 or chasing game deep in the backcountry, the Razor Guide Pack has it all. For more information, visit OutdoorEdge.com. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin-cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Hey, thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the Southern Ground Hunting Podcast, where you're going to hear a valuable hunting-based conversation that's tailored for us Southern folk. If you love what we do and would like to support Southern Ground Hunting, you can visit patreon.com forward slash southerngroundhunting, or you can click on the link in the show notes below. We'd love for you to join the Southern Ground Hunting community today Again, that's patreon.com forward slash southern ground hunting. You can also support us by leaving us a rating and review on iTunes. It helps more than you know, and we greatly appreciate it. And now, let's get to the show. All right, this week on the Southern Ground Hunting Podcast, I've got Drew, Luke, and Matthew Reeves. We're all going to talk briefly about self film hunting. So, um, I posted a video, a reel, a couple days ago of a, a shot angle, and it just happened to have the camera in the in the shot, and I got a boatload of questions about what kind of camera is that, what kind of whatever, asking about the arm, um, and pretty much any time I post a picture or video or something like that, people ask that question. I think self-filming is kind of growing in popularity, um, and Matt, you've been doing it, you and I have been doing it for a little while now. Luke, you're starting um starting really heavy this year or heavier this year but you started last year i believe right that was when you first start kind of started yeah 
Yeah. Filming. Got yeah, got I, some deer I, kills. Uh dropped my first yeah, I dropped my first video last year in October, both season. So. Yep. And Drew, uh, you kinda dabbled with it but pretty much don't like it. And so you're gonna be here, Drew, to kinda like uh be the moderator well when, whenever we start kind of talking about like phrases that camera people who are familiar with camera gear understand you're going to say wait a second what does that mean i don't even know what that so is so this is this is going to be like that one time that i brought my computer into the geek squad at best buy and the dude asked me what like what was wrong with it and i started making noises and doing hand motions and stuff yep okay cool pretty yeah. much pretty gotcha. much that's it and we are going to um, just kind of talk about our gear, uh, our filming equipment and the pros and cons that we've found with each thing and hopefully, you know, help some people out. Drew, you're going to help the new, the newcomers out, like the real, the people who are just kind of getting started. Like they don't know anything about anything. You're going to make sure that this conversation stays, uh, dumbed down just a little bit, but also for the guys who are maybe trying to go to the next level in it, we'll try to talk to them as well but first before we get to that we uh have all been hunting since uh since the last episode opening day was this weekend in our zone in alabama and i believe all four of us have hit the woods so um reeves i think your story is probably going to be the the um probably most entertaining and also (laughs) least exciting <laughs> yeah it was god it was well first off i forgot to check into the wma to begin with so that you know i got lucky there i didn't get caught uh but no i had uh you get caught now <laughs> some game yeah. words listening to this hey you're, I, you're I, a good I checked, well i i checked in you know after the fact but when i first went in i forgot got it fixed but anyways i uh i had flat tire had a dog jump on my truck had a dog follow me to my tree um didn't see any deer had some guys at my spot i asked them if they were going to hunt there the evening they told me i were thinking about it kind of rubbed it in my face and i left came back they were gone got to hunt my spot but that didn't help me any but uh it was fun to to be out in the woods back in alabama um but i'm kind of gonna wait until they move to the acorns instead of just kind of hunting and hoping is kind of what i felt like i was doing this past weekend i don't like doing that too much yeah, um, and it was also kind of an expensive trip for you, too. It yeah, that cheap. tire ran me. I, I actually got it put back on today, so my truck looks kind of funny with one brand-new tire and three worn tires. So, <laughs> And then the dog the dog climbed up on your, like, scratched truck up, right? Man, man I, I think it could have climbed up my tree if it wanted to. We heard it the evening before scouting and just figured it was somebody running a dog. Um, this pretty dog, sweet dog. I mean, she sat under my tree until I climbed down and then walked out with me. Um, so I mean, I couldn't. That get was nice of her. Yeah, she was, she was, she was sweet. But then she was wanting to ride out, and uh, you know, a lot of these Bama boys would probably run an arrow through it. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> I was just about and, to say that, and I, yeah, I was glad. Unfortunately, I was kind of worried she wouldn't be friendly when I got down. You know, sometimes you can run into that with those dogs because they there are wild dogs out there that people don't know about. Mm-hmm. Um, but she was, she was friendly as can be licking my hand. She's wanting to go home somewhere. So, but, uh, one of the other hunters ended up picking her up and took her with them. 
So I was glad glad to see that. Yeah, they they took her. <laughs> they, no, no, no. They, they took did. her. Uh, the guys that were were parked where I was wanting to hunt at one thirty. Uh huh. They had the the dog was there with them and was um, getting some water. Some some bikers were in the area and they actually picked her up and took her off. Well, good deal. Um, I, I, that wasn't a, just to make everybody feel better. That's actually a true story. Yeah, yeah. So it was a good ending. So um, no deer seen, right? Pretty. Nope. Heard some pigs. That's about it. Pretty minimal. That's uh, that's what you get this time of year in Alabama. For whatever reason, it's like every other state. The acorns are dropping like crazy. Everybody's talking about it. Georgia, Mississippi. Louisiana, Alabama. It's like it skips Alabama because they're dropping in freaking Florida too. And here it's just like, nah, <laughs> we don't feel like it. Um, so that being said, I ended up being able to shoot you one. You found some acres dropping. Yeah, I, I did find one. So this little small section of public that I boated into, uh, I hunted it last year, had some persimmons on it. I actually hung a trail camera in there which I don't typically do. I let it run for about three weeks and found several bucks, uh, using the area, uh, probably three deer that I would have shot. Um, and then one buck that I wouldn't have shot. Well, I went and scouted just to kind of see if I could find any acorns dropping. I, I went and just walked the property, walked to some area parts of it that I hadn't been to before, um, that I hadn't been to that I didn't go to last year. And, Ended up running up on what we talked about, me and Drew talked about last week, which was uh, kind of like upping your odds in early season when the acorns aren't aren't completely dropping, but finding the, the fresh buck sign, so rubs around the food sources. So I scouted mm-hmm. and went and found that. I found one tree that was dropping, and sure enough, there's a dang rub by it. Started following rubs, ended up finding the deer's bed, and kind of really got it. I feel like I know which buck it is that is making that sign, judging from the direction of travel coming from the camera that is way far away from there. I mean, it's it's a good 400 yards away from any of these spots, but his direction of travel, he's the only one that seems to be coming that direction. So I kind of got it narrowed down, and he's the biggest one on that, um, on that trail camera. Um, didn't see him, not that he wasn't around. But uh, right at 5.30, I had two does and a that one small buck came in. And, I mean, they came running to that feed tree. And I'm telling you, dude, it was raining acorns in there. I'm I'm probably going to go back in there sometime this this week and, uh, and hunt it again. But I saw the buck, and I was like, man, eh, that's not the one I'm going to shoot. And then the doe comes in, like, right behind me. I'm talking about, like... 10 yards behind me in an awkward position. You can go on the Southern ground hunting Instagram. If you want to, uh, to see that I posted a little clip. I had to shoot it from my extreme weak side and it was just a, it was a tough shot, but I ended up killing her. She was about to bust me. She saw me. I'm pretty sure I shot her while she was like following my, my climbing sticks up the tree to me. And that was, that was pretty impressive. A pretty impressive shot from what I saw. Dude, what I saw looked With what like you had to do. It looked like I had all kinds. Of, I mean, I was, I didn't realize it at the time that how off it was, but watching that video where my <laughs> my elbows like cocked way up here, it looks like I'm just like pulling it like this. 
it's you, uh, you got it off quick too like you yeah. like you knew you were like man this is not this is not comfortable and you just like let it go it almost looked like a uh like a recurve like a recurve yeah. shot uh-huh. so as i pretty much got it back and right when that pin settled right when it Turned got loose. on it i wouldn't even say it settled it got on it and i shot and uh shot was a little bit high but it, it hit high long and i got her out of there pretty quick um but it, it was just another testament for me. Uh, went and found. I don't see very many bucks early season out here. Um, I see a few. Typically, last year was really bad because the acorn crop was so heavy. But, you know, other years, you know, I'll have an op- one or two opportunities maybe at a decent buck in early season. And so starting off the year, seeing one on opening day, that was a, that was a pretty cool deal for me. Um, and it just drove home the fact of, like, if you find those hot food sources with buck sign, there's a good chance. It may not be the, a buck you want to shoot, but there's a good chance that you're going to see a buck in there because bucks are using the area pretty heavy. So that was cool. Um, I guess kind of going down. Uh, Luke, tell me what tell me what happened with you this week. Uh, yes. Yeah, so I sat for the first time Sunday evening, uh, me and my buddy Austin went out to a piece of public that I actually found during Turkey season earlier this year and saw just a ton of hog sign that I hadn't seen before. Um, not really any acorns where we sat that, that evening, but, um, the way the wind was, it just didn't work out where I'd found acorns that were dropping up north where we we actually sat or where i sat but it right at dark it was it was so cool i was set up i was real close to um kind of a creek crossing and right at dark i heard something jump in the water and just started easing down the creek and and passed in front of me where the creek was in front of me and kept going and then i heard it i heard it get out so i'm assuming it was a buck the way it was sneaking through i found a really nice bed that i remember i was talking to you about earlier this week mm-hmm. it was just kind of beside a blowdown uh, just a ton of sign um some older rubs ton of tracks but did that sunday evening that was the first sit it was like matt was saying super cool to get back up in a tree and then uh you and i went out and got got skunked but it was awesome yeah and you did the whole thing with the dang black pinky toe oh dear god yeah um laid my pinky toe sideways (laughs) well when was it sunday Sunday night, night real late yeah and dislocated it and popped it back in place. And yeah, I hobbled up and over the hill yeah. and then, yeah, I hobbled up the tree. I've been hobbling around all day at work, but yeah, it's, uh, I think it's, it'll be all right. Joker sent me a picture of his toe. It's like black, like straight up dark black. Oh, yeah. Yeah. When I say I laid it sideways, I, I absolutely destroyed the door frame of my of our bedroom and look down and my toe is at a is at a right angle <laughs> away from my other toes <laughs> so i just out of reaction just knelt down or just like knelt down and you know say she's like oh my god i can't look at it i can't look at it and i just popped it back in place but yeah it was it was pretty brutal gosh dang hey for the love of deer man you got to do what you got to do so but it's gonna be a good season it's gonna be a good season well 
I, I'm kind of concerned about your toe, man. Are you going to go like to the doctor or? Nah, um, they, they can't really do anything for it. Like, I don't think it's, I don't think the bones are busted. I think it just, just dislocated and I just had to kind of straighten it back up. I think it's okay. We'll see. The, it doesn't look like it did. It looks the, the black um, in it tells me that something is terribly yeah. wrong. Yeah, it looks normal hey, when it comes look, straight. Look, look, if that thing falls off in three days, you should have went to the doctor. All right. <laughs> hey, okay. If uh, at this point, I'm like, whatever it needs to whatever needs to take place for it to get better, <laughs> so we can keep on trucking. But yeah, man, I'm excited. The season's gonna Drew, be great. Drew, you had a you had a disappointing moment. The moment of shame. I did yeah, um, this morning. So I went yesterday afternoon for the first time, set in public and on the ground, and had had one blow two hundred yards off in a clear cut. Um, Freaking jerk! Which didn't make any sense because it was blowing when we sent me right in the face. So it must have been a coyote or something. Um, had an armadillo come by. Came from behind me. Thought it was a deer. Um, was just absolutely jacked up about it. Was I mean, was pulled back, everything ready to turn it loose, and doggone thing just scurried right into my life and <laughs> gave me a heart attack. And I'm like, you know, want to throw rocks at it, and I'm like, tag gum it. And uh, of course, then I let my bow down, and then the, you know, the shake start even on the freaking yeah. armadillo. You know, and that's what like, happened with two turkeys. Yeah, yeah two turkeys came by me, and I was so, shaking so bad, but. Uh, and then went this morning and um, was just going to sit for just for just a little bit. And uh, a place that I, I go often when I can't sit for a real long time um, It's kind of my honey hole. And um, and I had I was getting ready to leave. It was about uh, nine o'clock. I had to I had to go somewhere um, and I go to stand up, leave, start packing up my stuff and deer step out. And I had to text that person by like, well. I can't leave right now. Um, and so a little bit longer and I, I ended up seeing six between nine and nine thirty-five, And, um, I flung one over the top of the back of a freezer queen that really wanted to be inside my freezer, but Man. she, she's living to see another day. Was Dang this it. with the was this recurve? No, the reason what with recurve, uh, is cause all my stuff is at Luke's dad's shop right now. Hey, and, by the uh, way, that's a sweet <laughs> shooting bow. Yeah, it is. And, um, and so, so I got all my stuff there and I, I got, I got arrows and bows all over Winston County. I mean, you know, I'm just flanging them everywhere. And so, uh, but, um, so went over the top of it, uh, this, this morning and, um, but she, she'll be back. She didn't know. I mean, she didn't have a clue what, what happened. Um, she, yeah. in fact, she's if, used, if I could, she's used to large projectiles coming through the woods at her. Yep. Small yep. logs, small <laughs> logs, telephone poles. Um, well, and Drew's Drew's arrows flying half the speed of smell going through the air anyway. So, <laughs> <Probably> <laughs> called it while she's eating. She, thought, she probably thought it was a, a tree falling. I got the heck out of the way. <laughs> she thought somebody so, threw a baseball at her. <laughs> right over the top of her back. <laughs> she had she had three seconds to duck. <laughs> She didn't though, man. That, that was the funny thing. I just, I just, I just misjudged distance. I, I had ranged it earlier, and that was my mistake. Is I, I had, I had ranged the spot, and and she came in about half of that, and I just didn't, 
I didn't compensate for it. I shot it. And two, it was my first one the whole year. So, like, I was so jacked up. Like, I'm trying to remember back what I did. But, you know, you, like, you just get in the middle of it. I don't even know what I did. Like, I just I just remember burying the pin on her shoulder and just turning it loose. And I don't normally shoot there. I normally shoot the bottom of their belly. And But I was so jacked up. Hey guys, as most of you know, censorship for hunters and anglers is completely out of control. So we've partnered with the social media platform Go Wild to combat the mainstream social media censorship. Go Wild was built by outdoorsmen and women just like you. Go Wild is a free social community. Not only are your photos not censored, they're actually encouraged on Go Wild. They give you points for things like sharing your trophies, gear reviews, and inviting other friends. As you earn points, you unlock awesome rewards too like gift cards, free stuff like knives, huge discounts on brands like Garmin and Vortex, and so much more. And if you create a free account, you can unlock $10 just for trying it out. Visit GoWild.com to get started. Six Day Grind Coffee Co. is made for people like you, the ones out there grinding to reach your goals every single day. Whether it's 3 a.m. wake-up calls to get into the woods or just getting through your workday, a good cup of high-quality coffee to start your day is imperative. When you buy from Six Day Grind, you not only get a great bag of premium roasted coffee, you also have the opportunity to support conservation through their Coffee for Your Cause program, where 10% of your purchase goes to the conservation organization of your choice. Check out SixDayGrindCoffeeCo.com today. That's the word six, followed by DayGrindCoffeeCo.com. It's uh, it's early season. We still got plenty of time, lots of time mm-hmm. left. I keep telling myself that. Like every time I go without seeing a deer, I've gone two sits now without seeing a deer, and I'm like, it's still early season. Just oh my gosh, relax. I don't want to hear it. You're working. I'm on telling you, man. Like every Parker. year, dude. Look, we we start stacking up two or three sits. That they're at the row. Parker's like, I'm the worst hunter in the world. <laughs> Parker's like, man, done killed. Worst. I done killed ten deer. Good God, I, I ain't seen crap. What am I doing wrong, Drew? I mean, what am I doing wrong? It's a true story. It's a, it is a true story. You can ask Mr. Cruz. I get real with him. I'm like, man, I hadn't seen a deer in 10 minutes. I suck. <laughs> um, no, but let's get into this uh, this self-filming, self-filming episode. Um, I think I think the best way to start it would be um so luke you're kind of the you're kind of the newest to this self-filming stuff tell me because it's been a while since me and matt probably either one have not had some type of camera in our hand on these hunts like this like we're gonna try to create content somewhere and we've been doing that for a, a few years now you're kind of new to it. What are what are some of the things now that you're finding are like maybe things that um, you didn't realize about self filming that you're realizing now? Um. Well, I think I think once I first started, um, I'll start at like ground zero. Is uh, what the heck do I get? And hey. I didn't want to just spend a ton of money first start. I didn't want to, you know, spend 800 bucks plus on a camera setup when I, I had never even 
really taken like the full gear. Um, and when I say full gear, I run a GoPro. Um, I've got uh, the same camera that I had. Now I'm looking at a newer camera and um, uh, a mic that I ordered, just like a lapel mic with my camera arm. Um, when I first started, I knew because I'd watched you and you and I talk a little bit about like gear, what, what I need and, you know, just making it easy. So I just got a camera from my brother and found that mic online and ordered one of the cheapest, um, one of the cheapest and smallest camera arms. It's like HME. Uh, I can't remember what it is, but cheapest camera arm that I could find. And I just decided, Hey, I'm just going to make this work. So when I first started, I don't think I realized how hard it was going to be switching from, okay, I've just got one job here to kill the animal. And now instead I've got, make sure my GoPro's on, make sure my camera's on, make sure my mic's on and get pointed somewhere towards the animal and figuring out how to shoot it at the same time. Yeah. That was, I think, the hardest thing for me because in my mind, I was torn. Okay, am I going to get it on film or am I going to worry about the shot? And there was like a there's back and forth mental game that you're playing whenever that happens because if it doesn't work out great, it's like, well, I shoot it here, but I can't get it on camera here. So what do I do? Do I wait? Do I take the shot opportunity and so on? So that for me, I think, was the the hardest transition. And once once you kind of get used to that, um I, now now my thoughts are how how can i make better videos so I'm, I'm just trying to get like a ton of b-roll just to kind of figure out how to make the video them together in that sense because i kind of learned the edit and stuff on my own but um just kind of maybe telling a story a bit better yeah so. did you find like i know i definitely did for me but did you find like when you first started, you were just filming and you went to edit one and it was like, well, crap, I didn't get any footage to work Dude, with. Absolutely. And that's why now I've, I've got more than what I know I'll need because I would rather have too much than, than not have what I need. So, yeah, now I'm trying to really just focus on getting the storyline. If I've got B-roll from I don't kill anything on, I'm going to, I'm going to save it. I'm going to keep it. And, um, and that's what I've been trying to focus on just to where I'll have stuff to put together when I'm actually editing, you know, when I kill something, when I want to upload video. Yes, Drew. But yeah, I don't have anything. Yeah. I don't have, I don't have anything fancy. Drew. Uh, Parker, I know we, we talked like a long time ago when I, when I bought my camera arm, um, to film with my phone and you said something that stuck with me even then that you were like, man, if you're just wanting just to film your hunts, he goes, you have, you, this is what you said to me. You said, you have to decide what you want the end product to be. You know? So like, if you want to do like a YouTube channel and you want to do high quality YouTube videos, like you're doing like Mac, Matt's doing like Luke's going to do, you know, um, then, uh, then you're, you're probably going to invest a little bit more. But if you're just a guy that just wants to have, have the, have the shot, be able to see it, also be able to show the grandkids or just, just to have it, then you don't necessarily need to go all in. Is, is that correct, Parker? For sure. Yeah. I would say, I mean, if all I'm trying to do is just get a shot on film just to, 
relive the moment, yeah, I mean, I'm probably either going to use my phone or buy a GoPro and just kind of set it up, maybe set it up on my bow or something like that. Uh, that's probably all yeah. I'm going to do. And that, that goes back to what Luke says on the, in, the investment of what self-filming is. You know, that you can get a GoPro cheap now. They make, what, 10 versions of them now? You yeah. can find a, a four series or a five series for like two 200 bucks and mount that on your bow or mount that over your shoulder and get that look. And it's, it's cheaper that way. You, you're not fully and say say you do go all into it and you don't like it well now you're posting your stuff for sale um kind yeah. of build that, that that's that's kind of what i i did i think um and for me okay. i was gonna say i think with what with what you're talking about too I, i'm not gonna say that people need to go out and spend the money spend the money on the nicest stuff ever but i will say if you if you want to put out quality videos, then there are some like kind of bare minimum things that you need to be able to do it with. Because if you're wanting to do high quality videos, you're going to end up buying all this stuff anyway. So like you might as well buy what you need to start out with, um, kind of like a bare minimum of what you need to start out with, and then build from there. Because one good thing is camera gear does maintain its value pretty good um decent as long as you keep it in good shape you can usually get a, a decent amount for camera gear and um and it, like i've i've bought and sold so many daggum cameras and now kind of finally found i think one one self-filming system that pretty much meets all of my needs and that's after i think i have filmed with five different cameras at this point um, mm. almost, almost a camera, a different camera every year that I hunt actually is what it is what it ends up being. Yeah. I have bought a new camera every single year. Um, and it was because I was just trying to find, you know, find the right thing that worked. And so I think like, like listening to podcasts like this, finding self filming videos when you watch them. I know I did whenever I first started watching stuff and I'm like, holy crap, that's how much this is going to cost. It's kind of a shock. It's like, oh, dang, I didn't realize it was going to be this much. But it does, it is worth the money if you're looking for a certain product. Now, I will say that a cell phone, an iPhone, I've seen some pretty quality hunting videos that have been filmed with an iPhone. And... And they look, I mean, it does a, a heck of a job. You can do a lot of bare minimum stuff with your iPhone. The one thing is that, the one thing that I see, the problem that I see with an iPhone is, like, you're going to be, be using it during the hunt, more than likely, unless you don't have phone service. People are using their phones, so you're going to be taking it on and off, on and off, on and off. And uh, I think that's a lot of variable to have happen. Um, <clears throat> but but kind of moving on, uh, Luke, you were talking about B-roll. I, I do want to clarify for anybody who doesn't understand what B-roll is. Cause that, oh, yeah. That's Sorry. sort of a... It's, it's a, it's a for, Luke, or, uh, Drew, you're supposed to catch those those words like that. I had another, I, I had another question for the beginner, you know? Yeah. Oh, nice. All right. <laughs> so B-roll is basically just 
cut cut shots. So like think of if you're watching a a video of ours or uh, maybe you're watching something like Meat Eater or uh, the Hunting Public, those type of videos, they're going to be talking and then there's going to be like a shot of a cornfield, like a slow motion shot of a cornfield or a drone shot. That's what B-roll is. It's your B footage. It's not the main footage. It's the, it just kind of adds another element. So for anybody who doesn't know, that's what B-roll is. Um, yeah. Luke, you, uh, you've been doing it for a little while. Describe the moment, the first time you tried to get a deer kill on camera. It well, it was complete chaos. So the first, um, where I was sitting and how I was set up, the deer were behind me. And I, I tried to get my camera arm around, but I couldn't get my camera arm around. So I had my GoPro on. And I just had to make the decision. I was like, okay, I'm only going to be able to get this on my GoPro. So I got the shot on GoPro and it was, it was like the coolest thing ever because that was the first time I'd really like gotten by myself something on film that I'd shot bow. And that was, that was cool. But yeah, it was, especially when your adrenaline is just, pumping and you're shaking you're trying to range a deer because i shot that one the compound trying to range the deer trying to get the camera and stuff it was just a a really cool feeling to just go man this came together a a little bit at least i wasn't dude i wasn't mad at all i like i when i edited that video and and uploaded that video it's freaking sweet yeah Yeah, it was it was cool matt you remember your do you remember your first like self-film like successful self-film video yeah i had you know they, they all come in different forms as you progress as a self-filmer but my i go back to my gopro stuff it was kind of like what luke said all i had to start out with was a gopro and i did my little intro thing i think i was i just started college or something and i shot like a five point it came out shot him smoked him and i got so excited i had like one of those luke Luke Bryan moments, you know, where you're looking at the camera. Did he fall? And I started just, I went crazy. Well, I got so excited, my lock-on stand broke. Like, you know how they, it has the two cables that go from the seat to the platform? Those cables broke, or one of them broke. So, like, I had footage of me, like, falling a little bit, getting scared to death. But yeah, I mean, I was ecstatic on that. But when you get one on a big camera – that's even more fun when when you move you know you zoom in leave the camera alone deer walks into your frame you shoot it that uh that's an unreal uh feeling yeah. right there i did that what's one a, a what's one. a what's the big camera reese okay so big camera like i've i've got a camcorder like what's your mom video you at christmas on kind of deal but to a higher extent that's a great digital. that's a great description of it by yeah way. just like just like a handy cam um, not the ones you put on your shoulder, you know, like in the nineties, but, uh, no, my, my actual camera that I run is a Canon G 21. I, I ran the Canon G 20 for years and the G 21 moved up to it because of its, uh, of greater zoom. So I run a little bit of a heavier camera. Um, but I, there, there's benefits to that. We can get into that as we, uh, go into breaking down our setups and whatnot. Yeah. Yeah, we will. And, and I wanted to, to say like, for me, um, my first, the first thing I ever f- filmed was a turkey kill on a GoPro and the shot was 
like not even close to being able to tell what it was because the GoPro was so like it was actually a cheap like Chinese version GoPro, so it was like mm-hmm. super old um, Amazon special type GoPro. I think I paid like forty forty dollars for it, and I had it mounted to my I had it mounted to my shotgun, and you couldn't see anything, but it was in the frame on the camera. Uh, you just can't really tell. So that was my first, technically my first uh, kill on camera, and that was when I realized like, crap, I'm gonna have to film more, because I wasn't really even turning yeah. my camera on unless something exciting happened. You know, that's the mm-hmm. only thing I was even getting. And so I tried to edit a video, and I was like, uh. It's really not anything here but a guy just kind of walking around the woods. And so, um, but the first actual, like, bow kill that I got on camera was actually opening day. It was the last time, the last time I killed a deer on opening day. Um, so, like, four, four or five years ago, I think. And uh, I got that one on, on video. And it was kind of like yours, Matt. It was with the GoPro. I got a little bit of it with the big camera, but the GoPro caught the best footage of it. And uh, mm-hmm. it was like a 15 yard shot, and then um, the next deer I killed, it was a it was a tiny little baby doe, and it was that was the first one that I ever got like with the big camera, like a third of the third of the screen, you know. It was it was a beautiful shot, and it was like yeah, this, it doesn't matter at that point. You it know, was you're the like, smallest. I did it. it was the smallest doe I've ever killed. Um, like it's so freaking tiny and uh but i was so jacked about it because i was like man i got it perfectly in frame i shot it with my bow you know like this is cool as crap and then just kind of progressed from there and funny enough like i've shot a bunch of deer on camera since then and dude i'm telling you there are still the moments where you're just like screw this thing (laughs) and you shoot and you don't my biggest deer i've ever um, my two biggest deer I've ever killed, quote unquote, on camera, I didn't get them in the shot. Like it just didn't happen. Um, one of them I didn't even have my camera put up yet because it was so freaking early. Uh, and then, limbs. Yeah, I was breaking limbs and doing all kinds of stuff, and the buck came in and I wasn't going to pass him. The other one was uh, the one that I did in that self-filmed hunter short where I'm like trying to get the camera between me and the tree and the microphone keeps getting caught up on the bark and making loud noises. And I was like, screw this. And he was literally under my tree. And, uh, and so you just kind of have to make those decisions, right? Like everybody wants to get the shot on film. And I know people who would not have taken that shot because they didn't get it on film. And you kind of just have to figure that out for yourself. I, I think that when it starts, like when the camera becomes something that you have to do and not something that you you want to do i want to take the camera regardless if i if i get the shot on on camera awesome i now have like feels like 45 different cameras that i'm taking in the woods every single time um and so i have i I definitely have three angles running at all times and and so i somewhere along some one of them should get something right like it should get something that you can put there Uh, but you're not always going to get that big camera over there when you're self-filming but it is it is important to have the right stuff so that you so that it doesn't matter like you want to set yourself up for success right you're not Mm -hmm. always going to be able to get that camera moved 
And so you try to set yourself up to where even if you don't, you'll still have something. Do you want to know more about saddle hunting? Well, you can go to tetherednation.com for all your saddle hunting needs. Tethered is for saddle hunters, by saddle hunters, and they're redefining ultralight hunting. If you know me, you know that I love to have a system for all of my hunting equipment, where everything works together, and we preach about it a lot on this podcast. When you buy from Tethered, you can rest easy knowing that all your gear is designed to work together as a system. Saddles, platforms, ropes, climbing sticks, and a ton of other great gear just for saddle hunting can be found by visiting tetherednation.com today. That's tetherednation.com. Check them out. Yeah, so right there, Parker, you mentioned three three cameras. Um, as a beginner guy, you know, if, if I'm producing a video, why the heck do I need to bring three cameras into the woods? You said, you know, to, to catch something, um, to catch other angles that other cameras didn't. Could you tell us what three cameras you bring into the woods? Yeah, so... Um... Let's start out. I have a, a GoPro session on my stabilizer of my bow, and uh, that is literally for me. That's a, like a last option. So if I know I don't have any other cameras running, I'm gonna try to remember to turn that thing on. I don't always do it, um, but I'm gonna try to have. I know it's there. So if I have nothing, if if I drop my bow or uh, start packing up all my stuff and I pack my camera gear and I'm leaving, and a deer's walking in, I can, as long as I have my bow in the tree, I can turn that GoPro on and still have a video of it. I mean, it's not good, but it's still something. Um, so that's kind of my worst-case scenario. Um, the middle is the Insta360, and I have it up on a strap, on my gear strap, on my, my saddle setup. So it's above me on a um, selfie stick cylinder battery so it's basically like a a gopro handle and it's a it's an external battery so i have it screwed in the the right above me so it's getting that uh, uh, top angle but it's a 360 camera so it gets everything that happens around it so definitely during but when you're bow hunting you can you're well in the range of being able to see it again it's not going to be as good a footage as you get with a bigger camera like what yours your camcorder or some of the bigger bigger cameras that you have on an arm but it's still going to be something and it creates really cool b-roll you can do some freaking sweet stuff with a 360 camera um and i've actually had moments i've had videos that i've done where i got the shot on camera with my big one and i thought that the angle on the 360 was cooler so I used that for the shot because it just looked better. It looked different. It looked cool. I'd highly recommend anybody who's going to self-film turkey hunting to get an Insta360 or, or a 360-degree camera because turkey hunting is one of the hardest things to self-film. It's 10 times harder than deer. And uh, and it's perfect. So then my third camera, and this is the one that I've gone back and forth with so much, is a uh, ZV-1. It's a mirrorless camera. So where Matt's camera is more of a, uh, I, I'm, 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 I'm explaining it, Drew. You're going to ask me what a mirrorless camera is? I, yes, I was. Okay. So where Matt's camera is a, um, uh, a camcorder, like a video camera, a handy cam, however you want to call it. 
It's made just for video. Mine, this mirrorless is, uh, we're, we're basically think of a DSLR or a photography camera for somebody who doesn't know what a DSLR is. Um, you'll see photographers taking pictures with these type of cameras. Uh, typically you can change out the lenses on them. So you'll have, uh, you can have a, a zoom lens or you can have a fixed lens that doesn't zoom at all. Um, you have different aperture settings. Um, an aperture is basically just the amount of light that it lets in. So I always explain it to people who don't know what any of this is. When you see a picture or a video that has a really blurred out background, um, that's because it has a, uh, a higher aperture range. Um, it's the amount of light that it lets in. It can really focus on subjects and get that nice blurry background, unfocused background. That's the best way to explain it to somebody who doesn't know. So my, my camera is a mirrorless. It's a ZV-1, and it does not have – you cannot remove the lens. It's a 24 to 70 lens millimeter lens so it zooms to 70 and then it has a um uh digital zoom built into it that will zoom you even further um so it it does plenty for what we're doing in thick hardwoods or pine so thickets why do you, why do you um why did you choose that one over some of the other cameras that you use there there in the past like what is the advantage that that you have seen to to the one you have now it's, and why should a guy go out and get it it's super tiny the most frustrating thing about self-filming to me is the amount of stuff that you have to carry in and you're i mean matt would you agree with this like like carrying a big camera arm plus a big camera and then you've got all your secondary cameras like it is it's annoying to have yeah, that adds. much bulk and and weight and you have to do like you have to keep it in your pack or keep it strapped to your pack somewhere where you have easy access to it this little thing has the power of any of those cameras and honestly the quality of footage between my little bitty Z, Sony ZV-1 um it will probably take more quality video than Matt's big camcorder because it's a mirrorless camera. It has a better aperture range, probably better low light. The only really noticeable thing that yours has better, Matt, I would say is probably just the zoom, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. if if I could have a perfect camera, it would have you it would be your camera's view, like you said, that cinematic digital view with a with a zoom of a camcorder. And they make that'd them. be the perfect camera. They make them. They're stupid expensive, and they're also, uh, they're also big most of the time. Yeah, like they're pretty big cameras. And uh, and this thing is like I can put it in my pocket. I can put it in my shirt pocket. It's just a point and shoot camera. So like the type of cameras you see for sale at Walmart, like the little pink ones, like it's that size of camera, but it's just nicer. Like it'll shoot high frame rate, which basically means. It'll shoot things that you can put into a, a slow motion. It shoots 120 um, frames per second, and I mean it's a, it's a really dang good camera, and it has a it has good aperture on it too, like a really um, a high aperture. I guess it would be high aperture range. Um, 
Yeah, or a just a greater depth of field. Yeah, shallower um, depth of that, field. That's... Which is uh, it's cool, man. I mean, and this is my first year. I I use it during turkey season, um. And I loved it during turkey season, and this is my first time using it for deer. And my gosh, it it has made my life so much better. I sometimes I'll sit in the tree. I think I texted you, Matt, when we were in Kentucky. I was literally sitting in the tree thinking, gosh, I have the best self-filming setup known to man right now. I was so yeah, proud yeah. of it. It's, it's isn't, legit. Isn't that the same camera that you took off the arm to do B-roll and the buck walk through your opening? Yeah. So if you watch that video, you'll see this little bitty tiny. I mean, it's not much bigger than a GoPro, to be honest with you. I mean, it's it's a little bitty thing. And I'm taking B-roll with it, and that buck walks out. With your with your best self-filming uh, setup ever of all time. Yeah, it was taking some I, mean B-roll, though. And see, I, th- I think I'm going to end up getting one. Um, not as much for a main camera, but more as a secondary camera uh, to have that look, because I can't, I, my weirdness, I can't give up my Zoom. No. yeah yeah you kind of broke out there just a little bit but uh, i think I yeah what you're saying your zoom um, yeah I, I, the sacrifice of the weight versus zoom i'm gonna pack a little more weight to have the zoom but i i, I want that camera i'm interested to see how it works during rifle season you know if i feel like mm-hmm. i can if, if i'm gonna take it until it fails me i think for rifle rifle season because Typically, I'm not taking 150 yard shots, pretty much ever. Well, th- and and this could segue us to um, kind of how people shoot. I know there was a big deal going on about 4K and 180P uh, or 1080P, and um, how you can use that footage editing. So, like your camera, it's shooting at a you know it's beyond 4K, right? Uh, I, shoot it, I shoot it. I shoot it in 4K. So in 4K, so that gives you the capability when you're editing to zoom to zoom in even more without distorting mm-hmm. the image. To cross, um, you guys, for every every everybody listening, if you want to know what they're talking about right now, want to know what like 720 looks like, go back to a a college football video in 2000, look at it, then compare one to five years ago, and now look at it now, and that you'll get your 720, your 1080, and now just about everything you see on TV right now is 4K. Yeah, and that's just your resolution. It's yeah. it's like the pixels of it. So Makes when you see clear. stuff, when you see stuff that's like, my wife watches Murder She Wrote, like every day, and you watch stuff that's made like then in the '90s and '80s, and it's like really blurry and it's not clear at all. It's because it's not yeah. filmed in the same. Listen, Walker Texas Ranger was filmed in 720, <laughs> but he he yeah. still met folks up. You know what I'm saying? Yep. So, um, so yeah, Matt, what you were talking about is, is really good because, like, a lot of times what you find, it's super frustrating filming deer um, and trying to get those kills on camera like what Luke was saying. And so a lot of times all you can really do, especially if you're hunting thick areas, is just turn that camera in the right direction. Like, I film in 4K for this reason. I turn that thing in the right direction, especially bow hunting. And just don't zoom much, um, yeah. if at all, because zooming is going to make your frame smaller, and 
it's going you, you run the risk of not getting the deer the kill on camera so you shoot in 4k where in in your editing process you can just blow it up you can zoom in your editing and you know up to a certain point not lose a lot of resolution which is which is pretty cool have you have luke i know you just started uh doing this have you had to do that yet have you done the zooming in post production um not not really no i hadn't had to really mess with that a whole lot um usually i I don't get too i'm not able to get like too fancy in what i'm doing because i'm still like editing and when you talk about what we have i'm still editing on iMovie because it does the stuff that i need it to do Mm -hmm. thus far but I'm about to kind of start transitioning to something um, like probably a camera just to get a better quality camera and probably figure out something on maybe like final cut. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just, I'm right now I just kind of just keep things simple and edit. Yeah. And you're talking about final cut um, or iMovie. This is basically just the editing software that you're using yep. to edit your footage, to create it. So I use premiere pro that's from adobe um it's going to be in depth final cut's going to be pretty in depth iMovie is going to be easy to learn it's, it's yeah. very user it's, friendly it's a good learning pretty, tool and it, and it is and it's iMovie comes basic. free too by the way so yeah, so guys, yeah iMovie is like free best buy or whatever you, i mean it, it comes with it so yeah when you buy a Mac, iMovie does and i my movie does I mean, I've had no issues with it. Does what I need to. It's free, but I will say I've looked at Final Cut, looked at Premiere Pro, and there's it's just like endless amounts of things you can do with Premiere and Final Cut. But you have to pay a certain amount. Yep, absolutely. Uh, Matt, what do you use? What do you edit on? I use Adobe. Okay, Premiere so Pro. you're using Premiere Pro as well. Yeah, and you're, that's kind of the standard. Premiere is kind of like the standard. A lot of people use Final Cut as well, um, but I would still say. Premiere has kind of become the standard because of what Adobe does with their creative, um, creative cloud. So you can get uh, Photoshop, Adobe Illustrator. So all this graphic design stuff, audio um, software, um, Audition. You can get Lightroom, which is f- uh, photo editing, and then you can get Premiere or and uh, uh, After Effects, which is more like 3D graphic video. You can get all that stuff on a cloud-based thing for like forty something dollars a month, I think. And if you're making videos for a YouTube channel, there's a good chance that you're probably going to have to learn how to make thumbnails for your YouTube videos, uh, and you're going to probably be editing photos for your social media presence. And so it just makes sense to buy this cloud-based thing and and use it. In my opinion, that's why. I mean, and everything is Adobe, so everything is everything kind of works with with each other, which is really nice. Um, <clears throat> that's not to say anything bad about anything else. They all are great. Well, everything just t- kind of ties into e- each other. Mm-hmm. Um, once you learn Premiere, Premiere, things from Premiere go over onto Photoshop or Illustrator. Um, you can just kind of, I guess, just work off of each other. And, Parker, you can also learn a lot of this stuff on youtube i know i'm i know Mm -hmm. uh, like 
at least the Adobe stuff, um, you can get on YouTube and learn Photoshop. That's how I learned basic Photoshop was, was on YouTube. Mm-hmm. And if I YouTube's a great it. teacher. So, yeah, I mean, so I'm, I know some guys out there being like, man, I, I don't, I'm not, I'm not a computer guy. You don't necessarily have to be a hardcore computer guy to, to edit nice videos, you know? Yeah. You just got to, just got to put a little work. Absolutely. Yeah. So real quick, um, I had this uh, question because for me, there was, there's one essential, which there's a bunch of moving parts, but one essential thing that you're like, this is a, a must that you have to have if you're self filming to make your video somewhat decent. What would that, what would that one thing be if you had to choose um, or a piece of advice? Like, Hey, if you're doing this one, one thing. You got one, Matt? Yeah, I've, I'll give two. Um, my first one on the piece of advice is don't be afraid to press record. Uh, you can always delete footage. Um, don't think, Hey, I'll press record here. It'll be perfect time. Let it run. Uh, do multiple takes. Do multiple shots. You can and and shoot to edit. Uh, that's that's one thing to learn. Uh, but the one thing that changed my um, overall filming game is a fluid head and a remote. Um, I, I know when I got into the game, I was like, well, how you know? I used one of those old muddy, you know, you loosen and tighten it, and you you couldn't move it while you held your boat, pretty much. But uh, fluid head, if you don't know what one of those are, you can look it up on Amazon. Basically, what it does is you've got a handle. You can move your camera, and when you move it, it stops it. It can be facing straight down or straight up. It's going to stop it in that exact position so that you can leave your camera, pull back, shoot, as well as the remote. Uh, it's easy to zoom on it and press record or focus. Just, just huge, huge for me. And the fluid head uh, also maybe- gives you quality, too, of like – you're panning shots. It's not going to be super, you know, rough. It's not going to be, you know, stop and go. It's going to be very fluid like it, like is in the name. Yeah. So, so that's mine. Not to, uh, so, so that we don't have the same thing. Cause I think, I think, uh, the, the remote was definitely at the top for me. I think the one piece of advice that I would give to somebody would be to, Film every single, if you're wanting to create quality videos, I will say, that's that's where this applies. If you're wanting to create quality videos, uh, film every day like you're going to kill the biggest buck of your life. If you will do that and you'll have that mindset of it, you'll never miss anything. You know, you'll, you'll always have plenty to work with. Dude, I delete probably thousands of gigabytes of footage every single year that I'll never use, but I filmed it and man, I've used B roll that I took one day in a video from, you know, like a month later, like just because it was a good B roll shot, maybe it was in the same spot or the same area. I mean, I always can go back. Maybe I found a rub and that helped me put the puzzle pieces together for another buck that I shot, you know, a month later, I can go back and, and find that footage. But if not, you know, if a month or two goes by and I don't use the footage, I'm probably just going to delete it. Um, so, but filming every, every hunt, like you're going to kill the biggest buck of your life is a, is a definite must. But as far as gear is concerned, 
I would say that the Insta360 has kind of changed how I hunt. Um, because now, once I got that system pretty much the way I want it with the external battery that it... So it basically will run all day long on loop mode, which I will try to explain loop mode the best I can, but it's hard to verbally describe it. GoPro has it, and Insta360 stuff has it. It's a setting on them. It's called loop, and you can set it to a... uh, I set mine to a 10-minute loop or a 15-minute loop. So basically, I'll hit record when it's in that setting, hit record, and it will record 15 minutes consecutively, and then it'll it'll or consistently, I guess is the right word. It'll record those 15 minutes, and you just leave it running. And when you hit stop record, it will have kept the last 15 minutes. So scenario: you shoot a big buck um, at right at dark, or right before right right before dark, and stop recording after you shoot him, it's going to have the last 15 minutes of that. So probably what you'll get is when you saw the deer, when you got everything ready, you made your shot, and right then. So boom, you got the last 15 minutes of that. And it could have been running all day long, but you're only going to get that last 15 minutes. So it's taken a lot of pressure on me off of me to completely have the camera perfectly on that deer knowing that I have that 360 running, um, as long as it's running, I probably will get that deer in some way on camera, especially if I'm using a bow. Um, and it's just ensured that I'd have something. I had too many situations where either I didn't have the camera on or I double hit record or whatever, all the, the things that happen um, that could possibly happen when you're self-filming. This is ensured that I have something to put there whenever that happens. So I would say that's, that's uh, my number one thing you guys y'all want to, uh, we've been kind of talking about this a lot longer than I expected. We would, um, you want to do a quick, uh, breakdown of your full self filming setup, like everything that you're, that you're using. Like camera sure. arm, everything, camera yeah. arm, yeah. the pack, uh, what pack you're using camera arm, um, B-roll cameras, you know, if you've got a camera that you take your hunting photos with or you're running a drone or um, anything mm-hmm. like that. Luke, you want to start sure. us? Sure. Yeah, that sounds good. Uh, and, yeah, real quick, the two I, – I don't know why I said one thing. We all can say two things. Two things that I'd say um, because going and watching older videos, I, audio to me is, like, super important because if you can – hear what's going on the video doesn't necessarily have to be that good because you can still tell a good story and um oh god what was the other thing it was uh audio you can do like external mic whatever that is something in your camera lapel whatever that is audio and then my goal this is aside from like gear my goal when i started self-filming was carry a camera to do what I'm already doing. That was the same thing with me starting the channel. It's like, I'm going to do what I'm already doing. I'm just going to take camera gear with me. And so, um, just remembering that becomes like what you said, Parker, when it becomes a job, it's just not fun. So what I'm running, um, camera, camera wise, I'm running the Canon 
PowerShot XS530. You can literally get that at Walmart. It's nothing fancy. Um, it's not a camcorder. It's like what you were explaining, Parker. Uh, that's my main camera. Second thing or secondary camera is just my GoPro. And I've just got either a head mount or um, like a chest mount. Um, and then my pack is just a, a pack that I got at Walmart. Actually, before season started, it was during summer. I just saw it while I was getting an SD card. It's just a pack at Walmart. It's like a little black pack that's got pad inside of it. And I can fit all of my gear almost in that pack. And then I've got some packs up under my seat. So camera arm is, I think it's a HM, I think it's HMR, something like that. Camera arm. It's just a brown, shorter metal camera arm. Nothing fancy. But like I said, I'll probably upgrade. That's worked for me. And um, it's done, done what I needed to so far. Yeah, H is it HME? HME, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, HME camera arm. Yeah, super simple. Yeah, very very simple. So, if you go and watch That's Wild Hunting on YouTube, you'll be able to kind of get an idea of what this filming setup will do for you. You know. Yeah, so um posted some of the turkey videos and then those last year deer um, are are filmed. Like then those are the hunts. A lot, almost all of the stuff on the channel is filmed with that camera. But specifically those hunts, yeah, you can check that out. It'd be a good place if you're interested in getting started. Uh, maybe you're on a tighter budget, or you just kind of want to test the waters to see where you're at, to see uh, yeah. if you like it. That's a good setup. I think that camera, um, the Canon PowerShot, I think you can get it for like 350 bucks at Walmart, which isn't bad for a camera. And then like what Matt was saying, maybe, or whoever, the GoPros, I just found one off Facebook Marketplace because you can find GoPro quick and the attachments and stuff from Amazon. They, they've got some attachments that you can get in like bulk and it comes with a ton of different things. And the uh, the arm the the pack was thirty bucks at Walmart. The camera arm was maybe thirty bucks too. So super super cool. Awesome. So Matt, what uh what are you using this year? Yeah. So like I said before, my camera is a Canon G twenty one. Um, I like it. It has a twenty time zoom. So I you know gun hunts, greenfields, whatever. It's great. Um, and then my secondary camera, I have a GoPro Hero 9 using 4K. I use the gooseneck attachment with the uh, clamp. Uh, usually can clamp it to a limb around me. I you know, kind of use it for a lot of my interviews and uh, just secondary shots on the on the deer. As far as my camera arm, I run a 4th um, Arrow Talon with the uh, three-point pivot micro arm. Uh, it's great, and I run a B-free uh, fluid head, or a, a man a man Frodo B-free fluid head, and then I have a, a very zoom remote uh, that connects to my Canon twenty G21, and I run a um, Rode Mic Pro, um, Vid Mic Pro on that, and then for my pictures, if I do any cool pictures or B-roll for kills, I have a Canon uh, T6i DLSR 
uh, and I have multiple lenses for that that I use. So it's been a very good setup for me, but I think that covers all of my camera gear. What uh, what pack are you using? Oh, yeah, the pack. I'm using the Everly Stock X2. I don't know why I decided to use that pack. Saw some guy on YouTube yeah, did a video on it, and I decided I'd get it, you know. <laughs> That's awesome. It's a good pack. Um, I, as well, am running the Everly Stock X2 pack. Um, I really like it, especially for uh, a lot of the things like you can pack out deer with it. It's a frame pack. It's got awesome design to carry sticks in a platform, like a really good design. It's got a lot of pockets, so you can put all your self-filming stuff and have plenty of room for your knives or uh, batteries thermosel water all that kind of stuff it's a really good pack uh, and actually i did a video that's on the youtube channel of uh of that whole pack and kind of what it offers so <clears throat> running that pack with a like i said the um the sony zv1 camera is my main camera and that is on a lone wolf custom gear pocket arm which man I just don't see how there could be a better camera arm on the market as far as the stability of it, the smoothness of it, the design, attaching it to the tree quietly, um, the freaking size. It's so small. And it's the Lone Wolf Custom Gear pocket arm. And then I have a small rig fluid head. Uh, actually, Matt, I had the Manfrotto Be Free. I've been using that one for years and I loved it. And I found this small rig head, and it's like half the size of the Be Free. It's so small, and it's still quality. It's still Jeez. a really nice um, fluid head. And then I have the Insta360 that I was talking about that goes on my gear hanging strap. Um, and Genesis 3D Printing uh, made a Insta360 mount for a gear strap. That's really cool. It's just a threaded... It's a mount that goes on that strap with a thread, like a threaded bolt, and you can screw a selfie stick with that Insta360 on it, and it's uh, it's freaking cool. If you watch any of the videos, uh, you can kind of see that angle. It'll be in pretty much every video this year and last year. You'll you'll see Insta360 shots there. Um, so that's what I'm using there. I've got the GoPro session on my stabilizer. And uh, that is on a, a stabilizer GoPro mount that a, a fellow by the name of Kevin made uh, out of Kentucky. Matt, do you know his his uh, actual business name? Um, I know he's Dixieland Bowhunter TV or YouTube. His name's Kevin Cannon. Okay, um, I, I wasn't sure his last name, but he designed that thing, and it's pretty cool. Um, and so trying to think if there's anything and then of course i use my cell phone a lot i use my iphone um especially like if i'm walking in to an area uh and my camera's in my pocket or it's maybe it's stored away in my bag or something uh i use that i use my iphone a lot for that kind of stuff if i'm scouting and things like that another thing that's pretty cool that i bought is um this mount it's like a chest mount uh made by peak design and you'll see a lot of hikers and backpackers wear them when they carry camera gear. And I can put my, the ZV-1, my main camera, I can just put it on that little mount. And so it sits right here on my shoulder 
so I have easy access to it while I'm walking in and out. Uh, so that's pretty cool. I'm trying to think if there's anything that I'm missing here. Uh, I pretty much run all of the onboard microphones because I have had too many experiences with external microphones where there was a short and a cable. And so you film the whole video not knowing that there's a short oh, yeah. in that cable and all your audio is messed up. That's freaking annoying. And I'm, I would rather EQ. So I try to EQ all of my audio in my videos to make sure it's all equal. Go ahead. What is it? What is, what does EQ mean? What does that mean? It just basically means equalize. Um, so you're, you're getting the, the frequencies, the volume, everything to match. Um, so like your GoPro mic is going to sound different than your um, main camera mic. And so you're going in into the editing program and you're messing with the highs and lows and mids. And I got you. So like some, some more hollow, yep. some will sound like higher pitch. Yeah, exactly. You. So you're just trying to make it sound as closely as you can. Most of the time, just adjusting the volume is going to be just fine making sure yeah. that the volumes are the same. I cannot stand watching a YouTube video where it blows your eardrums out and then he's talking in his tree and it's like, you can't hear a word he's saying. And that I'm, I'm telling you, it's probably about 80% of the hunting YouTube videos I watch people doing that. Well, it's, it, Parker, it's, I mean, it's, it's the same concept as when you're watching like a TV show or, or like a sporting event and then the commercial comes on and it's so doggone high that yep. you're just like, this is annoying. And then, and then you just mute it. So if you, if you're making YouTube videos, guys, think of it that way. Yep. <laughs> if you can't hear it, your volume doesn't have to be all the way up while you're editing, put that volume about halfway and make sure you can still hear everything and you'll be good to go. So, Parker, what about, um, we talked about gear, but one thing we haven't talked about is storage, like video storage. Yeah. Um, do you do you just go to Walmart and buy the, you know, the, the same type of cards you put in your trail cameras? Uh, no, <laughs> I do not. <laughs> Luke's over Luke's here saying, nodding his head like, yep, that's what I use. <laughs> I dude, use that five I gigabyte. Go, <laughs> oh, no, no, no. Well, I don't know what you know, I will run a 32 gig on my trail cams. I don't know what the those uh, little sand, the little blue ones. What I'm talking about, sand little dance. blue fi five gig. Those crap out on my on my cameras. I don't know why. So I had to go up um, storage, but that's just me. Yeah, I I usually will get like a uh, like 60 and up. I I think I just bought a 120 gig. SD card to run um, in my camera, which was really awesome because last year when I saw that my time for my camera was like 40 minutes of storage and I put this card in, it was like four, 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 like hours of, of storage in the camera. I was like, okay, yeah, this is great. Yeah. And so you, most, most newer cameras, you're going to want like a class 10, um, SD card for trail cams. Yeah, a lot of the a lot of the newer ones you're gonna need a, a class ten. I use a SanDisk Ultra. Um, I usually put like a two fifty six in a two hundred fifty six gig 
card in my cameras because I might go a week out of state and not want to drop footage every single night. Um, and so I usually use a, a really, really big one. And then I, I store all of my footage on a Lacey, um, I don't even think it's four terabyte. External um, hard drive, right? External yeah, hard drive. I got drive. a, mine's a Toshiba one terabyte. So guys, if you're, if you're just getting the filming game, if you, let, let's say you went on a, on a week long rutcation and you went to drop all that stuff on your computer, it would probably shut your computer down. Um, so what Parker's talking about is an external hard drive that can hook up to your computer that you can use to store it there. It's, it's, it's just a storage unit that doesn't take up space on your computer. Yep. Yeah. And I use, I use the four, I have two four terabyte ones and really um, if you're, if you're producing a lot, you need to buy a new one every year, pretty much. Um, and they're not that expensive. I think I'm going on year two with this one, this four terabyte one. Um, but I'm like del- having to delete stuff. I'm having to delete old stuff to put new stuff in. So I really need to buy a new one. Um, I'm trying to think if there was anything else in this, uh, that we didn't cover that might be beneficial. Oh, I will. I will I will say this from a guy that's not cell filming but enjoys watching hunting videos. If you're if you're producing quality YouTube hunting videos or an outdoor channel, um, and actually Parker, me and you talked about this last week. Um, I can handle you not getting the shot on film if you have a good story to go along with it. You know what I'm saying? Because I mean, mm-hmm. in the heat of the moment. Like, yeah, you know, yeah. the tree gets in the way, the the deer walks on, on your weak side. Like I can, I can, I can deal with that. Um, what, what's hard is when you don't have a good storyline and you don't get the shot on film, you know, it's just like, it's, it's a, it's a seven minute video of you stepping out of the truck, you walking across the field, deer comes in and then we don't see the shot, you know, um, that's not. There's there's no story behind that. So I mean, we we all understand. Yes, you you want to try to get the shot there on film, but it also um, it doesn't happen every time. But if you have a if you have a good story to go along with it, I can I can handle that. You know, a good example of this is Dave Owens with Pinoti Project. Mm-hmm. I learned a lot about self filming from watching his turkey hunts because when you watch him, um he films a lot of stuff. He has a lot of angles going on and he films a lot, but he doesn't get the cam- the shot on camera a lot. Uh, or, uh, like it happens fairly often where he doesn't get the shot on camera. If you ever try to self film a Turkey hunt, you'll understand why, especially if you're doing it running gun style. Uh, it's just, it's just almost impossible sometimes. And, but, but he tells a great story. And most guys who are turkey hunters like watching Dave Owens. They love watching the Pinoti Project. And they, they may not know this, but it's because he tells a good story with every single one. He may not have a ton of footage of turkeys, but he's going to tell you a daggum good story. And I, I think that's a bigger, that's a that's a more valuable skill in this game and what we do than being a good cameraman. I, I I truly there's a yeah. lot of good videos on YouTube that are just kill shots. There's not nearly as many um, brands on YouTube that are creating things that people 
want to subscribe to. Does that make sense? Like people buy in. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And Matt, don't you have a, um, cause Parker, you, you mentioned earlier about like, and even now that you learned a lot about watching Dave Owen and stuff like that, Matt, isn't there a Facebook group people can go to or something like that? Um, to, yeah. Like, yeah, there's a, like see other, yeah. They, uh, other than they get advice. Uh, it's called selling hunters on Facebook. Uh, there's 11, just over 11,000 uh, members right now. Um, I'm one of the admins. So we uh, promote self, self-filming. Self-filmed self, hunters. Yeah, self-filmed yeah. hunters. And um, the we have stuff for sale. You know, you're allowed to post camera gear for sale. So if you're looking for a setup, there's stuff on there daily. Uh, if you have any questions, there's plenty of opinions on there. Um, and people are pretty good about reaching out and helping you with that. It's a great group, man. It really is for self-filming. Anybody have anything else you want to add? Feel like maybe we left out. Uh, I would say uh, I would leave with this: uh, if um, if if you want to do it, do it. If you are hesitant about doing it, don't. <laughs> it's hard. And you got to really like, you got to really want it to work as hard as you'll have to work. Like it, I shot that doe the other day and I shot her at like 530. I had her recovered by 545 and I wasn't out of the woods until 930 or so. Like it was freaking late because I was taking footage. I was doing all the stuff that I had to do. Um, Lord, if it would have been a buck, I wouldn't have got out of those woods until one or two o'clock because you just go. It's that it's that drone footage. That's all it yep. is. That's what it takes. And so that's long. the other thing I, I forgot to mention that I, I do run a, um, a DJI Spark drone for cool shots for those aerial shots, and it's a cheap. It's probably one of the cheaper drones that you can buy from DJI. Uh, they have better better options out there now, but. Um, and me and Parker, let's put it in the lake. Yeah, I, I keep it. I keep it. Uh, I keep that cheap one because one day it's gonna fall in the water. As many drone shots over the water as I do. Well, truth truth be told, I I did have to download the app to fly the thing at at the landing. Um, but hey, we made it work. Yep. <laughs> All right, boys. Well, that's an hour and seventeen minutes of talking about camera gear. Hey guys, thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Southern Ground Hunting Podcast. And as always, a big shout out to all of our partners. That's Go Wild, Tethered, Spartan Forge, and Six Day Grind Coffee Company. You can keep up with Southern Ground Hunting by following us on Facebook or Instagram or subscribing to the YouTube channel. And you can be sure to check us out at southerngroundhunting.com to pick up some of our merch, read some blog articles, and all that good stuff. I truly hope you enjoyed this week's episode and we'll see you here again next week. Remember that God gave you dominion over the birds of the air, the fish of the sea, and the beasts of the earth. So go out and exercise that dominion. We will talk to you next week.